Welcome to the Fasting Well podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking about how I would start intermittent fasting as a total beginner if I were basically starting over today in 2023. So of course, I started my blog about fasting in 2020 and this podcast in 2021. And even before that, I'd been fasting for a few years, trying different approaches. And so naturally, over the last several years, I've learned new things, I've tried new things, and I've sometimes updated my approach, even maybe compared to something that I said a couple years ago. Now, it's not going to be radically different in most cases, but there may be some interesting differences that you could benefit from knowing about as well. So that's why I'm going to talk about several things that I would do differently or how I would approach it if I were starting today. So that includes meal timing and kind of the fasting schedule. That includes things uh, like what to eat in between fasting, what kind of food and different things like that. Also stuff related to exercise and working out. So it, it covers a lot of different things that you might want to consider, especially if you're a beginner, but even if you've been doing it for a while to maybe consider updating your approach, possibly, similar to how I have done it. So the audio for this episode came from a video, which I have on YouTube. So if you want to check out the video version, I'll put a link to that. I know a lot of people on the podcast, you know, the reason you listen to a podcast is because you want to be able to do it conveniently on the go, and, and that's totally fine. But if you do prefer to see the video version with some visual aids and things, then I'll put a link to that, and you can go check that out. One of the tips that I share in this episode is related to building habits and kind of making fasting a habit. And if you want to learn more about kind of establishing health habits that stick, how to do that effectively, you can also check out episode 15 of this podcast. And I also have a video that's related to that. If you want to check that out, you can just go to my channel and search for the word habit or habits, and you would find it there as well. A couple other resources I wanted to mention before we get into the actual episode. Some of the stuff I'm going to talk about is addressed in my easy fasting guide. And if you want to look at that, if you haven't seen that already, you can go to fastingwell.com slash easy and you can download it from there or get it delivered to you from there. Also, um, some of the stuff I'm going to talk about is related to things on my intermittent fasting checklist. And so if you haven't already gotten a copy of that, go to fastingwell.com slash checklist. And thirdly, lastly, um, a little bit of what I'm going to talk about is related to cutting out snacks um, or not eating after dinner and that sort of thing. And so if you need a little extra boost for that, you might want to consider doing my no snacking challenge, 10 day no snacking challenge. And you can find that by going to fastingwell.com slash challenge. Okay, so this was kind of a longer intro than I sometimes do, but this is still a pretty short episode overall. So uh, hopefully, hopefully some of this information is helpful, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So I've been practicing intermittent fasting for several years, uh, but in this video, I'm going to share what I would do differently or what I would do if I were starting today as a total beginner starting from scratch in 2023. So I'm going to share seven tips, seven kind of subtopics related to that today. And this is based on some things that I've learned recently, some things I learned a long time ago, a lot of personal experience, and kind of putting that all together. And in some ways, this is similar to my current practice, um, at least recently. Um, I had some Christmas and post-Christmas kind of overindulgence, but now getting things turned around. And um, this is kind of the the approach that I'm taking more or less. 
So tip number one, and this would apply to any habit, any new habit that you're forming, including intermittent fasting. So tip number one is to start with something easy. Start with something that doesn't feel very challenging, just a little bit challenging, but but not very much at all. You want it to be easy at the beginning so that you can get some reps in, get some consistency in for several days or weeks and start to kind of form a new identity. So at the very beginning, don't really worry about the what your body's doing or any of the results from that standpoint. Just, just focus on, okay, I'm going to try this habit for a, a while, at least a few months, let's say. And so at the beginning, I just want to get some consistent reps in day after day doing something and I'll check it off on my chart and I'll I'll be glad that I I did it that day. And I won't worry about like, oh, I need to lose five pounds this week or anything crazy like that. Just focus on establishing the habit. Start with something that feels easy. So that's tip number one. And that applies to any habit, including intermittent fasting. Always a good idea. Okay. So number two and kind of building on the previous one. So one way that you could start with something that feels pretty easy I mean, you can, you can go even easier than this if you want, but um, kind of a good first step is to do some time-restricted eating, and a good way to start that is to basically not eat anything after dinner. And this wouldn't, have, this wouldn't have to be every single day. It could be certain days of the week and that sort of thing, so it doesn't have to be the same every single day. But if, if you kind of start not having any more food after dinner, that's a really good first step for intermittent fasting. And if that feels like too much, okay, don't don't cut out all the food after dinner. Just say you only have one hour after dinner or only two hours after dinner during which you can eat any more food or whatever. You know, just whatever feels easy to you. But the point of doing this is that once you kind of stop eating after dinner or stop eating pretty soon after dinner, then you're already going to be doing a fair amount of time-restricted eating. So you'll already have gotten a pretty good start. Um, because think about it, you know, if you eat dinner at seven and then you stop eating by like eight, then you'll have about 12 hours already of an overnight fast. So that's a really good first step. And the other benefit of this is that it's good for your sleep, because if you have at least a few hours before bedtime where you don't eat, it'll tend to improve your sleep quality. So it has multiple benefits. So that was number two. All right. So number three is As you're getting these reps in, as you're doing the time-restricted eating where you kind of shorten your eating window a little bit, what I would do is I would experiment with that for a while until you get up to at least 12 hours and maybe 14 hours of fasting overnight, something like that, just so you kind of see what it feels like. Again, it doesn't have to be every day, but you let your body kind of start adapting. But after a while, once you've done some 14-hour fasts, 16-hour fasts, maybe even 18-hour fasts here and there, what I would do is instead of just pushing that further and further and further, You know, because eventually you would get to where you're only eating one meal a day if you just keep shrinking your eating window. Instead of doing that, what I would do is I would kind of back off and just do fast for like 14 or 16 hours a day most days. But then I would mix in a 24-hour fast once a week at first and then maybe eventually twice a week. So I would do that 24-hour fast once or twice a week and I would not be as aggressive with the time-restricted eating. And there are a few benefits to that. One is it's kind of convenient because you don't have to shorten your eating window quite as much every single day. It's kind of easier in some ways, just because, again, you're not having to do those things every single day. And uh, you're probably less likely to plateau with weight loss, which should be called fat loss, really. But you're kind of less likely to run into plateaus if you're 
doing something where it's different on different days. If you do the same thing every single day, you're a little more likely to run into plateaus. So the 24-hour fast also has some benefits of kind of helping fix insulin resistance more quickly, helping fix, in other words, blood sugar problems and things that are related to that more quickly. Um, in fact, there was a study where um, some people with that the, the had type 2 diabetes and were using insulin that they got off their insulin within, it was maybe like a few weeks or something, just by doing a 24-hour fast. I think it was maybe twice a week. But So don't quote me on that. That's just That was just one study that looked at it, but I don't remember the exact details. But there are various advantages um, to doing something like a 24-hour fast about once a week and maybe eventually twice a week, as opposed to just doing time-restricted eating the same every single day. The fourth tip I want to share of what I would do differently starting now with intermittent fasting is I would really focus on, just as I'm starting intermittent fasting, I would also focus on eating a lot of protein and doing some strength training. Now, when I say strength training, that doesn't mean you have to go to the gym and do a bunch of crazy lifts and things like that, but it would be doing something to work on my muscles, and I would also be focusing on eating a lot of protein. What's a lot of protein? More than 100 grams per day, let's say. Um, why, Why would I do that? Well, because depending on how long you're fasting and what your body type is and a bunch of other variables, there are some scenarios where it can be an issue in terms of losing some lean body mass as well. It depends on a lot of variables, like I said. But if you make a point of doing the strength training and eating a lot of protein, then there's not much risk of having any issues with losing lean body mass or losing strength, in other words. So some people do um, a lot of fasting without adequate protein intake, and then sometimes they do lose some lean body mass. And this is especially relevant for older people over like 60 or 70, um, because it's really common to lose muscle mass as you age, not even talking about fasting, but just in general, older people tend to lose a lot of their muscle mass. And so, you know, you want to kind of do things in a smart way where you can maintain your strength and even build it up as you go. It's also really relevant for thin people, (laughs) people who are kind of thin but think they want to lose some weight or think they want to reduce body fat, um, because those people already don't have very much muscle on their body. Uh, Oftentimes, they're a skinny fat person who has a lot of internal fat, but they don't look that fat on the outside. And those people, if they do a lot of fasting, they can't help but lose some of their strength because they don't have enough body fat to kind of maintain their energy during a fast. And so again, I would get back to eating a lot of protein and doing some strength training, almost regardless of the other variables, but especially if you're thinner or if you're older or anything like that. On a related note, um, this next tip, which is number five, I guess. Um, So I talked earlier about working up to where maybe you do a 24-hour fast once a week and maybe eventually twice a week. So related to that, if eventually you get to the point where you're doing something like alternate day fasting, where you fast the whole day, once a week or twice a week or even thrice a week. So if you get to that point where you're doing something like alternate day fasting, I would make a point of on those eating days, on the days when you're eating, to feast on high protein foods. So I'd make a point of eating a lot of protein and doing some strength training on those eating days for the same reasons that I mentioned before. Now, people that are doing alternate day fasting, really you shouldn't be doing that unless you have a lot of extra body fat because otherwise you're probably gonna have an issue with not having enough body fat to sustain you so you'd lose some lean body mass. But, um, but regardless, if you do get to the point where you're doing that, high protein, strength training, 
on the eating days. And that's going to help in various ways. It's going to help with your metabolic issues. It's going to help with, you know, reducing body fat and maintaining lean body mass. It's going to help with a lot of different things. So I have two more tips for you. Two more things that I would focus on if I were starting intermittent fasting nowadays. But uh, if you have any thoughts or feedback about the ones I've already mentioned, why don't you put that in the comments or what, what you think is the most interesting or the most different from what you were expecting or something that you would add to the list, um, even though I haven't finished the list yet. Put a comment below and let me know what you would add to this list. All right. So number six is something I've been doing recently that is kind of um, interesting and, and works surprisingly well. And that is um, I really make a point of, so by the way, I'm doing like time-restricted eating every day, and then and I'm going to start mixing in some longer fasts, just like I've been talking about. But what I really make a point of lately is I'm mostly eating whole foods. And then when I eat something starchy, like I've had a sweet potato with dinner a few times recently, when I eat something starchy like that or some bread or tortillas, then I make a point of either doing some kind of workout or exercise or if I'm not planning to work out, I just go on a walk afterwards, like a 10 or 15 or 20 minute walk afterwards. And what I've noticed this is kind of interesting is I'm actually eating a fair amount of carbs, but I, I can get into ketosis in like less than a day. And that's because whenever I eat something starchy, I'm kind of moving my muscles, using my muscles. And it, you know, the, the sugar gets taken up into the muscles instead of just sitting in my bloodstream. And so my insulin doesn't go as high, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's just way easier to get into ketosis at the drop of a hat. So I'm kind of straddling that line of between ketosis and not ketosis. So of course, I'm talking about when your ketones get high in your bloodstream. And it's helpful if you can kind of have those high when you do a longer fast, et cetera, et cetera. So if you make a point of just kind of mostly eating whole foods, not a lot of processed junk, and doing something active after any starchy or sugary meal, then you can probably also stay really close to the line of getting into ketosis. And then when you do like a 24-hour fast or something like that, you'll already have your ketones sort of high. And so you'll be right there on the fringe. So just like focusing on the whole foods and the activity after starch makes a big difference and ultimately makes fasting easier, especially with a longer fast. Okay, so the last tip that I wanted to share has to do with the timing of exercise, which I actually already talked about a little bit, but Another thing to consider is if you have one main workout for the day, here's uh, an approach you might want to use. And that is if you get up and you don't eat right away and then you do your workout in the morning. So you do a morning workout or you're doing some kind of strength training or whatever. And then you eat a high protein meal after that. And that's so you start your eating window for the day. And that has a couple of benefits. It basically allows you to maximize fat burning during your workout because if you work out fasted, then your body is kind of forced to tap into some of the fat stores and things during the workout and also helps you maximize muscle building because you get that high protein meal afterwards and your muscles are really primed and ready to take up that protein and use it to, for protein synthesis to kind of make the muscles stronger. So that timing of that workout in the morning before a high-protein meal is a really effective approach if you can swing it. If not, it's not the end of the world. You know, apply some of the other tips I shared, but that's also an effective approach. Okay, so I hope some of the info I shared was helpful in helping you along your journey and, and reaching your health-related goals, improving your health. And some of the resources I mentioned earlier, just as a quick reminder, if you haven't already checked these out, it may be worthwhile. 
So first of all, you can check out the video version of this episode if you would like to, and a bunch of other videos on my YouTube channel. So I'll put a link to this video. And also um, my intermittent fasting checklist has a bunch of things that are worth remembering and keeping in mind as you start intermittent fasting and as you go along. And that's at fastingwell.com checklist. I also have the easy fasting guide I mentioned earlier, which is at fastingwell.com easy. And if you want to try the 10-day no-snacking challenge, go to fastingwell.com slash challenge. And so I think any or all of those are are pretty helpful if you haven't already done them, just as a way to kind of get a little boost, get a little um, kind of more comprehensive information perhaps than what you already have, and, and just to get off to a successful start. All right, thanks for being here, and I'll see you next time on the Fasting Well podcast. The Fasting Well podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.